0: I've got to tell you that the green lights across the board are on and we are ready to launch. (laughs) We are in a series. I can't remember how many parts this part is of what we're doing in this series. I just know it's another part of the series that we're doing. It's probably part six, seven or eight, somewhere in there. You can put a number in there, I don't mind. This morning I'm going to actually piggyback into a message, part six. I knew that, it was part six. We're in part six of this series that I'm doing. And um, I I spoke a couple of weeks ago uh, on um, part five of uh, this series. Um, I knew that. Uh, and I I spoke about... um, why we need the church, because the series is about why, asking why questions, you know, uh, why does this happen, um, why does that happen, we have all these questions about why in life and I felt like like we just needed to to explore some stuff, Um, I I could probably guarantee you that I'm never going to answer the question that you would ask why, you know, why has the chariot got seven spokes instead of six, I don't know. So uh, I'm not going to answer that question today either. So, um, but I felt like there were some questions that God had laid on my heart. And one of the questions that I started uh, leaning into in part five was why we need the church. And there are some specific reasons that I believe that, that we need the church. Uh, we need to be able to, It's a place where we can connect with God. It's uh, to experience love and forgiveness. We can enjoy spiritual growth. We can establish friendship and relationships. We can have a guarantee of a healthier family life. And we achieve a life balance out of that as well. And I think that there are very clear and important reasons why all of us need the church. The, the body of Christ is what I'm talking about. But we may not realize why... The church actually needs us. So, my question in, in a title for this message, if you want one, is uh, why the church needs us? Because I'm not sure if you realize it, but at times we think about why we need someone, but not that someone actually needs us. You know, we, we don't realize that God's put into us uh, 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 something or he wants to do something through us, and we don't believe that someone actually needs us in their world, but they do. If uh, you want some, some scripture, it says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 20, just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For uh, by one spirit we're immersed and mingled into one single body, and no matter our status, whether we're Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we're all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it's forgetting that it's still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really part of the body, it's forgetting that it's still an important part of the body. In other words, as much as we might like to think that we, we serve a particular part and we have a particular role within the body of Christ, we don't realize that the rest of the body needs us and the thing that we bring to the table as a part of the body of Christ. We can't think that because I'm a foot that I don't need the hand. Because the foot needs something to like feed the mouth so that the foot's going to get some sustenance and strength and stuff. So we need to understand that The church actually needs us. The body of Christ needs us, who God has created us to be, the gifts and the abilities that God has placed within each and every one of us. We all need that to be active in in what we're doing. In Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about pastors, apostles, and prophets and all that, building up the body of Christ so that when each part actually does its thing, incredible things happen. We're actually able to reach out to our community and, and to reach out to one another to fulfill the, the, the needs that each one has and that we can do within the terms of what God's asking us to do. So the body of Christ, also called the church, is, is a unique body created by God for a specific purpose. And every part of the body of Christ is vital, important, and a necessary part. So uh, here's, the, here's the deal. We might like certain parts of the body of Christ and intensely dislike other parts. But it's, each part is, is vital. It's important and it's a necessary part. The bits that you don't like, maybe, the bits that really grate on you, maybe God stuck you right next to because God's wanting you to learn something and to, to have something shaped in your world that's only going to happen as you start to rub up a bit against people that think differently, that might believe differently from who we are. Amen. Praise God. That's good. So why my church needs me is another way of saying this. This is the why behind the what of our service. I'm going to talk about the way that we actually structure our church service in the fact that how we do a Sunday morning. Now, I want to tell you that this is an unscriptural message. Okay? It's not anti-scriptural. It's just not in the Bible. Now you're interested. Now you're interested. I can tell that. Some lights have just come on. That's good. This isn't in the Bible, you see. So it's not talked about in the Bible, and therefore we've got a great deal of freedom. Uh, we've got a great deal of choice. That's yes, a good word. I like that. Choice, levity, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's that, that We can do this. There's things that can help us to become more effective in reaching out to the community and helping to meet the needs of people through the way that we structure our service. And I hope that this message actually helps us as a church to realize that we all have a part to play in a Sunday service. You might have thought that you're just coming along to spectate. Okay? But God wants us to participate. In what's happening here this morning. That's why I love when we get the various gifts and people come in to share various words. It's body ministry. I want to absolutely crush this thing about that it all relies on the pastor. I can tell you right now, if you're relying on me, you're going to be disappointed. I'm I'm serious. I, I can't meet all of your needs, but the body of Christ can. To grow as a church, we have got to run great services, and that's why your church needs you. We need an outstanding Sunday to have an outstanding Monday. Well, you know, we're in the process of understanding how um, God wants us to, to function as a church, and there's this whole thing now that we are on this journey as a church to to look at how we've got things a little bit wrong. Can I just share how this is... I'm talking about this church right now and we are actually looking at how we can do things differently because for so long everything about a Sunday service is that bring people to church get them to church and they'll get saved. Bring them to the expert at the front and he'll get them saved. He's the one that's going to do everything for you and we have disempowered the body of Christ to actually be effective where God has called them to be and we've we've... We've taken all of that away and we made it all about the Sunday service. And and what Jesus said, he says, go and make disciples, okay, of all nations and stuff like that. But what we've said is, no, bring them to church. We'll we'll build the church. God, you make disciples. God said, no, 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 no. You make disciples. He says, you go make disciples. I'll build the church. And when we bring it back to, the, to the th- this whole thing about uh, uh, empowering God's people, his church, to be who God created them to be, then we're going to see a massive ch- change in the way that we are effective in reaching to the people that are far from God, who, who don't know what God is really like. This may mean that we redesign how our services are. I absolutely believe that our corporate gatherings together are important i 'm not saying that they 're not they are important, but so is being a disciple, but so is being a light for Christ in our community and This is the challenge that i i 'm working through uh, on saturday uh, if if you 've got some like a spare few hours on Saturday morning. Wherever you are, I want you to pray for the leadership team of this church and Stephen and Sally. On Saturday morning, we are getting together senior leadership team of the church with Stephen Sally McCracken and we are having a think tank about how we can move from being church centric to disciple centric. I want to bring it back to to the original intent of the New Testament where we are actually raising and making disciples of people so that they can be effective to bring people to a small group of people where we gather together, we just have a conversation about spiritual things and then we feed people into the Sunday service rather than shortcutting the circuit where where people in in God these days don't have a strong faith. It it amazes me how people in today's society in this whole issue of same-sex marriage, how Christians can say that it's okay for some for us to give the green light to this. I struggle understanding how the, you can read the New Testament Bible and get an answer that says yes to this issue. I, I don't understand that. And, and what I think we've done is that we've we've failed to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We've we've actually made disciples of popular culture or political correctness. You okay? Am I allowed to be honest this morning? All right. So that's, this is how the, the dilemma that we have before us, the Christian church has before us. Now, what I'm, I'm not saying is that we need to hate the, the, the people that think or believe differently from us. Absolutely not. What I'm saying is that I have a right to believe and to vote in a way that is commensurate with the things that I believe that the Bible teaches me. This is what I'm saying to us. And we've disempowered Christians... We've watered down the gospel. We've watered down what the Bible actually teaches. So, I'm, I, I've got green, I, I'm, I want to launch. I want to launch. I have followed the call of God on my life to lead this church, to see it grow, to increase, and be effective. You have given up your life for God, not so that your life gets smaller or ineffective, but so that we can reach more people for Jesus, to passionately follow Jesus, and to see ourselves uh, and give ourselves to the, to the cause for which Christ himself died. He died for people. He died for the church. He gave himself for the church, the body of Christ. So how do we reach more people for Jesus? No, well, we do good in our communities, okay? And I think that's really important that we have to do that. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good okay? We are called to model that, to to model a life of doing good. It means standing up for the things that we believe that the Bible teaches, but it also means that in love and grace and forgiveness that we are talking to the people that believe differently and understand differently. We're not going out there to tell them how to live. We need to go out there and say, could you help me to understand where you've come from in life? How did you come at this decision about, you know, that this is okay? Why do you believe what you believe? And you're genuinely interested in the person's world to, to, to come from a point of view so that we can start to say, you know what, that's a fantastic way of thinking. It's a really interesting way of thinking. And then there's, you start a dialogue rather than a monologue. We need to open up the conversation, not close it down by saying you're a sinner. You need to go to get get your life right with Jesus and all that. We need to come to from from the point of view. I want to open up a conversation with you so that we can start to mutually encourage one another, understand where each other's coming from. Does that make sense? So the second way that we reach more people for Jesus is through building and caring for people. In other words, we make disciples, we make disciples, we make disciples. It's a, it's a a sad fact, an indictment upon the church that nine out of ten Christians are likely to go to heaven without having led one single person to Christ. I am determined. As for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be one of that statistic. I've made a decision myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for opportunities. I'm gonna open up dialogue. I'm gonna open up conversations. I'm gonna be interested in people who believe differently, who live differently from me, who look different from me, who smell different from me. I'm gonna open up a dialogue with these people because I want to love them like Christ loves them and I want to give myself to them because I believe that that's what Jesus would do for them too. I want to see people saved. I want to see people say, there are people in our community that are crying out for hope, and whilst we remain silent, we don't give them hope, and we need to give them hope. I'll get fired up. So, another way that we can reach more people for Christ is just simply by running a great Sunday service. Okay? Or a Friday night service. We run it well. So, what I wanted to do is to to talk you and walk you through why we do things the way that we do as a church. Now, you and I know that there are people in our community that think they know what church is like. That you've got cold, hard pews, perhaps. That God's angry with people and that he's, he's waiting to beat people up. Uh, That he's uh, 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 just, there's this whole messed up thinking about what the church is like. You and I know that, that God is different and the church is different. Seats aren't cold and hard. Are they? Excellent. God's not angry. He's in a good mood. That's it. His people are better than they know. They're stronger than they believe, and the Bible is relevant today. The Bible is relevant today. So we're creating an atmosphere to dispel the preconceived ideas that people have about what God is like and what church is like. From arrival to departure, every part of our service is important. Okay? I stand out underneath the veranda and I wave to cars going past because I don't want people to look at this church and think you know, it's just an unfriendly place, there's no one there that likes us. I am out there waving at people going past because I want them to know this is a friendly church. This is a friendly church. You're welcome here. Come in. You're welcome here. We've got a great cup of coffee waiting for you. I want people to know this is a friendly church. So from arrival to departure, every part is important. It's important why we do... This is a... Another me- title of this message is The Why Behind the What of Our Service. The Why Behind the What of Our Service. It fits perfectly with our why series, I thought. Oh, there's a really good title. I'm surprised I came up with it, actually. So everything about the, 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 our service is, is this. From the moment people arrive at Infused Church, everything about us shouts, we're glad you're here and you will be too. You, we're glad you're here and you will be too. I want people to understand that about it. We want everyone to feel welcomed and to feel glad that they came. It was worth coming out when the the wind was blowing out there. Man, I heard this whistling sound and I realised it was coming through the wind going through my ears. I thought, man, where's that whistling? I thought, it was me. But I'm not sure if you actually understand this as well. This is what I've learned about people, that people aren't necessarily driven by their spirituality as much as they are by their five senses. Oh, it's gone quiet now, isn't it? Hey, eh? <laughs> hey, there you go. The Bible says God looks at the heart of men, but who knows that people don't? We judge by the outside what it smells like, what it looks like, how it feels, what we see. That's how we're driven. You okay for this this morning? I'm gonna write up close and personal. So, as we head into a service, I am thinking about how people's, their their senses are going to experience our Sunday morning service. See, before, because like part of the transition time is like when we'd have that, you think it's all about you getting up and shaking someone's hand. No, it's just give me time to get the microphone on. (laughs) But I forgot. So I, I, I shot out there whilst Kathleen was talking about the incredible work of Operation Christmas Child. I was listening. But I was out there and I was putting the microphone on. As I'm out there, I saw a piece of paper on the floor in the foyer. Because for me, having a clean place to come into is important. A place that looks cared for and looked after is what I want to present to people. So I picked the piece of paper up and I put it in the bin on the front seat. Why do I do that? Because people's senses are important. What they see is important. See, I I, I look for paper on the floor. Jane, she looks for the alignment of the chairs. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't today. But Jane likes to make sure that the chairs are straight. They're neat. Our front line team, they make sure that the backs of the chairs have all the correct information in the backs of the chairs and that they look neat. See, what I look for when I come into the church is I look for the backs of the chairs and I see, are they neat? Because I want you to know that we thought about you coming here. We're ready for you. And you haven't got a crumpled up piece of paper in the back there or a, a, a tissue that's been used <laughs> and that's stuck in the back of it. Who knows? We've been to cinemas that, that have been like that, all right? Come on. Come on. We want people to come, who come to Infuse Church to experience something, to feel something, to see and taste something that says to them, we're glad you came and we pray that you will be too. We work hard to hit the senses in our services. The church smells like it's clean, okay? The toilets are fresh and clean. Uh, the the foyer is clean and clear. It's open and it's inviting. The decor and stuff like that. You know, uh, sound is important to people. It's why we renovated our cafe ceiling, so that people could actually hear themselves talking during uh, having a cup of tea and coffee. Sound is important. Worship revolves around sound. We work hard to set an atmosphere in this service, and, and it's not a library, it's a church. Okay, so sound is important. It's a place of extravagant worship and praise to God. Taste, our hospitality is huge here at the church. It connects people. That's why we've got a good coffee machine. You're not going to get international roast. I don't know where they get that stuff from. I mean, do they scrape that up off the pathway or something? I don't know where they get this stuff. Who, are we going to get coffee snobs in the church this morning? Come on, come on. You know who you are. I'm a coffee snob. I like a good coffee. That's why we've got a good coffee machine. That's why we've got the best chips in the entire planet right here at Infused Church. Because hospitality, taste is important. Touch, okay? Clean, comfortable, easily accessible. Okay? It looks safe and it is safe. Okay? We are a safe church. It's a place your kids are safe. We have systems in place to provide a feeling, senses, a feeling of safety for your children. Our, our teams are trained, our volunteers are trained to care for your children. You can drop your kid off at the God Chases ministry and know that your children are going to be in a safe place. Feeling of safety is important. Sight, it's about putting our best foot forward, clean, relevant, contemporary. This is about us doing all we can to connect as many with God as, as, and each other as we possibly can. And our senses do more to connect us or disconnect us than we realize. We make a decision to go to a restaurant, not because we want a spiritual experience, but because... The food is amazing, the service is second to none, it's a clean smelling place, it looks great, the ambience, the the, the atmosphere that they set in the restaurant, it's all important. Even if you have to pay a little extra, you don't mind because the food is great, the service is great, you have a great experience and your senses are hit in a restaurant. Why shouldn't the church do that too? Why can't our Sunday service be like that as well? It says that we're glad you came and you will be too. We're talking about creating an atmosphere. An atmosphere is created through our five senses. Sight, smell, sound, touch, taste. Atmosphere is created in our service before you even arrive. We have what we call at 9.15 every Sunday morning... We have what we call our VIP huddle. And this is open to anybody, but in particular, we're encouraging all of our volunteers to come out for our VIP huddle at 9.15. VIP simply stands for vision. We're going to share a bit about the vision, why we're here today. Information, things you need to know about the service. We're going to tell you what's happening during the service. There's, there's little things that we need to, to have. We've got a run sheet that we look to. We're not rigid by our run sheet because I want the person to hold it. If God shows up, we chuck the run sheet out right there. I don't care, okay? And believe me, I like my run sheet because I'm wired that way, okay? But if God shows up and he has this morning, we're running well behind time on our run sheet. But then prayer, we're going to pray for the service. We have some ladies who come in every Sunday morning and praying for our service, praying for people to connect with God, praying for the miraculous, praying for the supernatural. Why not join them? This is how, you know, your, you, your church, you can help them, the church, by just simply coming along to the VIP huddle at 9.15. 9.15, you mean I've got to get out like 45 minutes earlier to come? to? The, are you kidding me? Well, someone's life might get changed. Is that worth the cost? Someone who's really struggling might have an answer to prayer that's, that comes as a result of the VIP huddle. Atmosphere is created also by having the right people in the right place. We need the right people on our front door. There's a place for everyone in the house of God, but not everyone is meant to serve on the front door. Okay? The people on the front door, okay, need to be friendly. It'd really be helpful if they could string two or three sentences together. Okay? That'd be really helpful, honestly. It'd be really helpful if they wore deodorant. Uh, You okay with that? Just look at the person next to you. I'm so glad you're wearing deodorant today. If they're not, just smile at them. Did I mention they need to be friendly? Uh, These are the people that have one of the most important jobs in our church. They are our first impression. These people represent you who come to Infuse Church. I want people who come to Infuse Church for the first time to think it is the friendliest place they've ever been to and all they've done is met the person on the front door. Welcome home. We've been expecting you. We're so glad you came today. I'm glad you're here and you will be too. It's the start of setting the right atmosphere, the right feel at Infused Church, see. We have welcoming music. Why? Because it's welcoming. <laughs> That's a big one right there. Huge. Our stage helps us set the atmosphere. It's neat, it's orderly. It's, look, I mean, this is it's got circles where the <laughs> chords are. How good's that? Well, okay, Rachel. I can see some extracurricular extracurricular training going to... It's it's looking good, honestly. (laughs) There's some areas we're still working on in church. (laughs) She sings so well, though. I mean, we'll let her off today. It's it's good. (laughs) The room is black by design. Did you know that? the windows and the doors are blacked out. I don't want you looking out the window. I don't want you looking in the car park. I want you to focus here. Because God's doing something here. know, let's focus, let's grab people's attention and direct it in a certain area in a certain way. The other reason it's blacked out is because during summer you'll get the reflection of the sun off of someone's windscreen and you can bet your bottom's dollar that when you're sitting on that side there, you're the one that's getting retinal burnout because of this this reflection coming off of someone's windscreen. It's another reason why we have the blacked out windows. We've got a blacked-out front door there. It's all opaque. It lets the light in, but it's, it's opaque. Why have we done that? Because we've got a TV in the foyer, and I didn't want to say it's free. Come and help yourself break in. Come and get it. <laughs> Just that atmosphere. And it's op- like, so you can see things through it. So if we put the black stuff on that front door, you can open the door and smack people and knock their front teeth straight out. <laughs> see, we think about stuff. We're trying to be a safe church. (laughs) You okay this morning? Okay. So the majority of the time, we will start our services with a praise song. And in this why series, you might say, why? Is that good? Why do we start with a praise song? Well, here's the deal. People have generally had a big week. There's lots going on. There's pressure filling their heads and their thoughts and stuff like that. So when people come, uh, the praise is uplifting. It gives us a sense of victory and strength. We we start with praise because Psalm 100 100 verse 4 says, We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. In Psalm 47 verse 1 it says, Shout! to God. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. We're being biblical. And you thought I was just an unscriptural message. So praise gets our attention and it directs us to the place that we want to take you and that's to the place of worship. Praise songs help build people up. They create expectancy they lift our faith. They give us faith as a part of the service. People come to church arguing in the back of the car on the way to church. So people, praise gets people's attention and it redirects them back to God. And quite often those people having the arguments in the car are, are your pastors. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But it's true. People have arguments in the car. And we don't want to leave you in praise. We want to take you into a place of worship. Because worship is a time to encounter God. We feel and hear him and we want him to touch our lives. There's a lot to this sense stuff that we have. It's not just about, oh, I'm coming because I'm in love. with. Many of you might be that, that's fine. But me, I want to feel God. I want to hear God. Speak to me. I want to see him moving in our services. It's spirit to spirit. It's the sense of the presence of God. Worship is the place that we can set such a powerful, empowering atmosphere that people feel that they can reach out and touch the hem of Jesus' garment. We don't want you to just hear about God. We want you to experience God. The world has heard about God and they've got the wrong information. We want you to come here and experience God for yourself. I had this email come through to me. So much happens during our worship, and so much happens during our services. It said, this email came through. It's only just uh, in the last couple of weeks. Hi, Pastor Gary. Just wanted to let you know what happened to me last Sunday. I've been exercising the previous weekend and perhaps overdid it a little, uh, and as a result, I had quite a sharp pain in my back for the whole week. I was beginning to get a little concerned because the intensity of the pain wasn't easing off after a week. And even on the night before church, I had sharp pains lying in bed and I tossed and turned a fair bit because of it. I'd just like to say that the pain has left me and it did so during and after the service on Sunday. Praise God, I haven't had to use hot packs or deep heat since midday on Sunday. I just wanted to testify that to God's goodness and faithfulness to me. Someone experienced pain. God. Someone was touched by God. Lives are changed during praise and worship. Miracles happen when people connect with God. So, so here's the deal. This is why your church needs you. This is how you can help. Okay? When was the last time you arrived early for a service? I know Simon did. Well done and his family. We come prayed up, expectant, full of faith, ready to lean in, engaged during worship. Sometimes I just don't feel like worshipping, but then I hear someone around me and they lift my spirits. And I think, man, I want what they've got, and I enter in. They set something for me. They model something for me. That's how it works. Arrive early, be expectant, be prayed up, lean in during the praise and the worship. Many times in our service, then, we'll come to uh, an area for people to receive and give ministry. We'll make room for people to be prayed for. You saw that happen this morning. Okay? Here's why we do that because I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that God can touch and release people's lives, He is always doing more than we realize. He's always doing more than we ever realize. And people have needs. They're they're looking for answers. That God is the answer. The answer has a name and his name is Jesus. We'll ask people, have you got a need? Raise your hand. Then we encourage people around them to lay hands on them and to pray for them. We rarely get people to come out to the front so that the pastor can lay hands on them. I want to just dong that stuff. It's not about the pastor. You have the spirit of God in you and you can meet the needs of the people that are here in this service. The other thing that this does is if you can lay hands on someone who's in this service, there is no reason why you can't lay hands on someone out in the community who needs a miracle just as much. It's training us, getting us ready to have the faith. You might lay hands on a stranger in the service and you think, you know what, I did that there on that Sunday morning. Maybe, just maybe, I can reach out to my workmate. Maybe, just maybe, I can reach out to my neighbour, to my family and my friends and I can believe that God's going to meet a need as I lay hands on someone. We're discipling you as we do this. And you thought it was just a pray time during the service. There's stuff happening We've thought about why we're doing what we do. There's a strategic plan behind it. We're not just doing stuff just for the sake of doing stuff. There's a reason why we're structuring our service the way that we do. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus himself said, you know, like, these signs shall accompany those that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If they're not recovering, just tell them, you need to read your Bible because your body needs to get better. That was a joke. All right. What are you thinking? Okay, that fell flat, didn't it? All right. So, here's the thing: we're telling you that your prayers make a difference. Your prayers make a difference. If you're going through something, you don't have to wait until next Sunday to get an answer. You can pray because your prayers make a difference. So, this is why your church needs you. Come prayed up. Come prayed up. Come prayed up. Expect God to, to use you to be someone's miracle, to be the answer to their situation, for God to use you to release the power of God into another person's life. From there, we then move into a transition period where we release the children to our God chases ministry. This is where we encourage parents to take your children out the doors, go into the youth hall, and you sign them in. Why? because this is a safe church. Help our God Chasers team by just taking the children around, delivering them there at the end of the service, take yourself out the door, go there, pick your children up. I know that some of you want the other people to take your children home and you have a bit of a hard time in that area and that's, that's okay, but we would much rather give your children back to you. Just, just a little thing. Just a little thing. Whilst parents are taking their children out to the God Chases ministry, the rest of us, we get up and we engage and we encourage. Who's new? Who haven't I met before? Don't aim for your friends. There, You've got six days of the week you can do that. This is a time where we want to be a friendly, warm, inviting church and be strategic about Helping people to realize, I'm so glad I came this morning. This is a friendly church. See, being friendly doesn't just happen. You have to think about it. Yeah, Hi, my name's Gary. I don't believe I've met you. What's your name? And a great way to be friendly is just give them 50 bucks. <laughs> that was just a joke too. Sort of. This is where we engage, we encourage people. So how, how can you help us? Why does your church need you in this? Look for new people. Look for people that are sitting on their own, who don't have anybody around them. I, I would deliberately look for the person sitting on their own at those times. Why are they on their own? I want to connect with them. I want to encourage them. I want them to know, I've seen them. I've seen you. I, I, I've seen you. Then we... Uh, spend a couple of minutes uh, doing that, and we'll come back, and we're actually going to provide some leadership, some vision and leadership. God hasn't called us just to minister to the church. He's called us to lead the church. The best way to lead people is when people are sitting right in front of you, okay? and we can impart vision about the future of Infused Church to tell you about the important things that are coming up in the life of the church. The corporate prayer meeting on Wednesday night, the Friday night service with Steve and Sally McCracken. Next Sunday morning, We've got uh, Stephen Sally ministering in the life of the church. You, you hear about important things that are happening. You hear about the uh, Operation Christmas Child. Other times you've heard about our play group. And other times you've heard about our community garden. Other times you've heard about our futures youth. Other times you've heard about our God Chasers ministry. These are important things that you need to know about, about like what's happening around with the other churches. Combined church prayer gathering that we have, the Christmas carols that we have, how we can minister to the high school by supplying various morning teas at various times. Important things that we need to know. They tell us how to connect with uh, with each other uh, as we're doing that. So uh, it's from that point there that we then move into just uh, helping you to understand that there's some things that you can do. How about just? listening to those things and and then writing them down maybe or or making a note of them, how you can connect your family and friends with the powerful things that may change their lives. We come into a time of communion. We want to remember what Christ has done for us, the bread and the juice. Then we come into a time of giving. It's where we do things just a little bit differently. We receive tithes and offerings. Uh, We actually make a, a declaration, a statement of faith. And like I've said this morning already that this is a time where we've seen incredible things happen in people's lives. Uh, It's where you understand that I can tie your giving to the outcome of a life being changed because of three souls being saved at Futures Youth from Friday night. I can actually ask you to give generously and at times sacrificially because I believe it's actually the best thing for you. I actually believe that giving is one of the greatest things that you can do. I don't ask you to do it because I think it's going to hurt you. I actually think it's the best thing you could do. Change people's lives, change our community by your giving. One of the greatest things you'll ever do. So, how can you help us? How can you, you you, you know, why your church needs you is, is listen to God about your giving, read what it says about giving. Give in response to him. Don't give because I'm telling you to do. give. Find out for yourself. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you about your giving? Then we come into a time of the word. Are you ready for the word? This isn't about pulling a message out of the hat, but it's about saying something that I believe that God is saying to us as a church. It's something that God's laid on my heart for his church. God wants to speak to his people. Absolutely wants to speak. The messages here, and my heart is that they are inspirational, they're exciting, they're visionary, they're truthful, they're revelational, they carry an anointing, they're confrontational at times, they carry a challenge at times. What are you going to do now? They carry a next step. What do you need to do as a result of what you're hearing? And messages should provide answers, how to do things better like relationships, giving, serving, reaching out, loving well. They should provide answers to those things. And we close the message with what now? What, What are the next steps that you need to take? People need to know that what they're going through, that there's something that they can do to address what they're going through. There's a next step that's involved. Okay, So why does your church need you? Well, how about you become the message? Don't just listen for more information. There are so many... Christians nowadays that think because they have so much information that they don't need to do what the Bible says. I've got all I need to know. I've got all the information. But where's where's the doing? Where's the faith in what we're doing? What's the one thing that you can take from this message and start to enact in your world this week? Here's an email I got this week. Okay, From someone in our church who put into practice one thing as a result of hearing a message about reaching out to the people around about us. This person said, I shared some kind words with an elderly lady at a petrol station. Do you know what the, the kind words were? Gee, you look lovely today. That was it. What happened? As I shared those words, this lady started to cry. And I said and said, I had made her day as she was on her way to the Royal Adelaide as her 91-year-old husband was very ill with a lung condition. I then shared that I was a Christian, and that would it be okay if I prayed for her husband? And she was so grateful. I left the service station, and I was on my way to Strathalban, so I prayed immediately for her and her husband. See, this is the thing when we're talking to the people around about it. We don't have to pray the sinner's prayer with them. Every person that we meet, all we need to do is to be real, honest, and just open up an avenue of, of, of dialogue with a person, to notice people, to see them. We become the message. And not only are our lives different, but the lives of the people around about us are different too. So then we come to the departure. Departure. How we release people also has purpose. It's our opportunity to say thank you for being with us today. It's so good to have you with us. You are not going to hear me say, how about you bring someone to church next Sunday? I'm changing the way that we do this. Because I felt God speak to me about this. Again, because it's reinforcing the whole thing about, let's make it all about Sunday. Disempower the people. I'll take the, I'll, I'll take the pressure off of you. You don't have to talk about someone, to, to someone about Jesus. Let me do it for you. No, no. What you'll hear me say from now on is this. You are about to go into your world, into your community, to be the message of hope, to be the message of healing, to be the help that our community needs. You are the person. God has anointed you to reach your family and friends. God's given you his Holy Spirit to be his witness to be an encounter with God for someone so this is why your church needs you as you head out this morning I want you to take a deep breath and to remind yourself greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world remind yourself that you don't just come to church you are the church church is not a building it's people Our focus isn't just to build a great meeting, it's to build great people. That's why we do what we do. When you leave here today and you walk into work on Monday morning, God is with you, knowing he's on your side and he wants you to reach out to others through you. God is with you. That's why we do our services this way. And we need God in every part of our service, but we need you in our service too. We need you engaged. Uh, like we need you like, plugged into to what God's doing. Our purpose hasn't changed. Even though at times our services may be a little bit different from time to time, we are about loving God, loving others, and making disciples. We're about encountering God, becoming passionate followers of Jesus, equipped to help others encounter him too. Encounter follows encounter. Watch this video.
1: more and more confused about what a church actually is. So let's take some time to set the record straight. Church is not a building, though a building can be used by a church. Church is not a denomination, though a set of beliefs should be important to the church. Church is not about Sunday, though a church should not forsake meeting together. Church is not about one person or personality, though every church should be pastor. And church is not about size or growth. Though every church is called to make disciples. So don't think of church as an address or a location. But rather think of church as mobile and on the move. Don't think of church as something built or planted. But rather think of church as something deployed. Don't think of church as where you are for an hour each week. But rather what you are every day of the week. Because the church is the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Feet shouldn't sit still. Hands shouldn't be idle. Feet go. Hands do. This is the church. Church isn't what you're sitting through right now, because you are the church. Now go and be the church.
0: Let's stand. Let's stand. I'm done. It's my heart that you've caught my heart and that you've heard what it is that I felt God was speaking to us about the why behind the what of our services. We need the church, but the church needs us. We are a part of one of the most influential, life-changing bodies in the entire planet. The local church is the hope of the world. Bill Heibel says that. I absolutely believe that. We are a part of that church. And my prayer is that we start to realize the significance of our part to play as the body of Christ. Just because you don't like certain parts of the body, maybe, doesn't mean to say that you can separate yourself out. We need every part of the body. And my prayer is that you'll start to have an understanding and a revelation about how powerful the local church can be and how we can actually touch this community with the love, grace, and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I've experienced that. Many of you have experienced that too. And it's time that we took that message to our community. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you for the the message that you've given me to share with them. I ask you, Lord, to, to seal that into our spirit, to seal that into our hearts and that you would do something incredible and give us a a whole new way of seeing church as it is. Father, thank you for reinforcing our part that we play in every Sunday service. Help us to, to take on board some of the next steps that we need to do. And I ask you, Lord, to bless your people in Jesus' mighty name today. Amen.